This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I have been extremely lucky on my journey with this podcast to chat with some really amazing people. And new people come to the podcast every week to listen. And so what we want to do with these lessons is take the little golden nuggets, the really important pieces of each conversation and bring them back to life for you. So hopefully it can change your mind, affect the way you think, or potentially give you a solution to a problem you're facing right now. The way to think about what marketing is, is it's really three things. It's first of all, the diagnosis and understanding of the market. No one else in a company does that, right? Understands what does the customer want? What do they think, right? Sales guys don't, don't do that. That's not what they do. And from that knowledge of the market, being able to build a marketing strategy to say, right, we should target these guys with this message, with these objectives, that's strategy, yeah? Broader strategy has a wider definition, but marketing strategies, I've just been doing it today. Who are we targeting, what's our position, and what are our objectives? You got that, you got a strategy. You have to have that before you do any tactical execution. And the problem with most untrained marketers is they start with Instagram and work backwards. You know what I mean? It's TikTok and I'm done. Do you know what I mean? There's two problems with that. You haven't got a strategy, so you don't really know what you're trying to say or who you're trying to go after. And second, communications, all of it, is only one quarter of the tactical execution of marketing. So proper marketers are doing price, product development, distribution, as well as comms. Shit marketers are just doing comms. Now, if you think about what I've just described, we've got diagnosis, we've got strategy, we've got tactics, and a quarter of tactics is communications. So that's a quarter of a third, yeah? Tactics are a third of marketing. Comms is a quarter of tactics. That's about 8% of marketing. What we have in Australia and elsewhere are marketers who are doing 8% of what marketing's meant to be. And it isn't right, you know? And it's the Gary V's of the world who have shared this viewpoint, who are happy to teach marketing without ever being taught marketing first, yeah? It's a dangerous situation. I mean, I I speak bad French, right? If I suddenly turn around and said, you know what, with my bad French, I think I'm gonna create a new version of French, a new dictionary of French. People would laugh at me, because well, you don't speak proper French, but we allow this in marketing. People that don't know marketing properly and haven't been taught it by people smarter than them, uh, rewriting the books without knowing the books first. It's a real problem. Mm. <clears throat> so my question... So I guess my question, the, the follow-up question that I would have for that is what, what's the fundamental human flaw mm. that gets people into that position? So, So like, you know, I have a belief that people undervalue ideas, massively undervalue ideas. Sure. And that's why the back end of the spear that you were just talking about is so underappreciated. You know? yeah. And that's, I mean, that would fundamentally come from your, what you're saying is yeah. like, they don't have the training to recognize that. That's right. Um, how, so fundamental, like, so that, that, what is that fundamental human flaw? Like, and why do people listen to the, I mean, look, why do people listen to the Gary V's and, 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 you know, if you're a business owner out there and you don't have these trainings, like, what, what do you need to be careful of? Well, there's two problems with the tip of the spear. It, it is the most visible part of marketing, and it is the one that appears to deliver ROI and money, 
yeah, at least superficially. So there's an easy uh, um, ability to see that that's everything. But the main problem is ignorance. Once you get someone for a day and you explain this, and I've, it's happened to me a hundred times. I mean, I think Gary Vee's a very impressive guy. I don't read his marketing knowledge, but I can take a Gary Vee lover, give me eight hours with them, and they don't hate Gary Vee, but they understand where he's, you know, why he's only 8% of the story. You know what I mean? So it, it's mostly just ignorance and a, a little bit of training so that we can give you, you know, linguistic French. Now you can go out and speak proper French. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's, what, that's the real problem. Education has got this dirty reputation now. I mean, these guys on Twitter that will say, I never went to business school. I've learned everything I need to learn about marketing from these 10 tweets, right? It's very dangerous, right, that we end up in that world because, great, here's 10 tweets, but you, you don't need to do down a formal training. Having said that, as we said at the start of this, I do have, the other half of me has great sympathy for these guys who are saying, I'm not going to business school because business school in most university settings now isn't good enough for the people that want to learn. We've let those people down. So there's, there's two sides to that story, right? Mm. Scott Galloway's a good example of someone who's managed to do both, yeah? I think that's, it's a very impressive thing that, that Scott will talk openly about the failings of universities, but still teach at a university and do it in an applied way. That's why, partly why he's such an amazing guy. Um, so I want to, uh, the next question <coughs> I want to go into is like unpacking um, some of your philosophies and then mm. also the guiding principles and kind of go into, I guess, some of those different dimensions that you talked about around, you know, advertising and um, then we yeah, can yeah. marketing and brand. But um, I guess like uh, there's actually, no, we'll dive straight into it because okay. otherwise I think we'll get stuck here. Um, I'd love to kind of get an understanding of your philosophies on marketing and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, some of the guiding principles. And, you know, I even preface this as if, if you were walking into a brand new business mm -hmm. um, and you kind of had to take over their marketing, where do we start? And what are some of the big questions we have to answer? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, um, it, there's a standard journey that we built really out of Harvard in the 1960s and 70s, which is the marketing sequence, right? And I structure all my courses that way and I do my consulting that way. It's probably the best way to do it. Uh, and it's kind of a train. I, I used to teach it as a train track, right? In the sense that the train has to go from the start to the end, and the end is shitloads of cash station. And it has to go through a series of stations. And the first station is market orientation. That's where marketing begins. Market orientation is an incredible mind fuck. And so what mar market orientation is, is the realization that you are not the customer. You will never be the customer. The minute you sign your contract to join a company, you'll never be able to see what your product or service or advertising looks like. You can't listen to your podcast and ever appreciate it as a listener would because you produce it. Once you know that, you're market-oriented. Most Australian marketers don't know that. They look at their ads and respond to them in terms of what they think, whether it's good or bad. You have no opinion. You need to have cold blood in your veins to do proper marketing, right? So stage one is... I know, I know nothing. Literally, you sort of have to break down a marketer. When you do that, stage two is obvious. It's research. We do research because we don't know anything. Yeah? Qual and quant research builds a picture of the market, the customer, how they decide what they want, what they don't want, what the segments are. 
we, you know, we understand and structure them. We build a map of the market, right? Often people say, oh, customers don't know what they want. They definitely don't know what they want, but they'll tell you a whole bunch of shit can guide you towards building what they want, right? So when we finish our research, we can segment the market. Segmentation has got nothing to do with the company. It's about the market. I've just spent the morning working for an uh, accounting firm doing a segmentation for them. One of the things I said to them is, if your competitor on the other side of the street was doing this, they should, in theory, come up with the same segmentation. We're all looking at the mountain. We're not climbing it yet. You know what I mean? So you build a good segmentation of the whole market, not just who you want to target, the whole market, and now you're ready for strategy. Targeting is who do we want to go after among those segments. Positioning then is how do I want to position my product or service to that target segment and what objectives do I have? So that's the strategy piece. And then so positioning is in relation to competitors? Partly. Positioning is in relation to three things. It's called the three C's. When you position anything, you position first of all to customer. What does a customer really want? That's, the, that's, that's your North Star, right? What do they really want, right? When I launched Mini MBA, what they really wanted was confidence, right? Position on confidence. But you also talk to customers because they tell you who the competition is. We don't know who the competition is, right? When you talk to customers, they'll tell you. They won't use the competition word. They'll, they'll talk about alternatives. And what, what's fascinating is most companies don't know who their competitors are because it changes with each different segment. And they're often not the companies that the company thinks they're competing with. So yeah, your positioning is who you're going after, what do they want? Who are the competition alternatives? How do we position against them? And then finally, the company see, what do we offer? Can we deliver on this? You know what I mean? Is it possible? You know, a lot of the problems with brand purposes, the companies doing it aren't legitimate, right? So I'm looking for the things that the customer wants that I can deliver better than or different from the competition. Yeah? If I can find two or three of those things, we're going to make some money. And, and the overlay is what they say the value proposition is? Here's where it gets my practical knowledge beats the marketing vocabulary. Positioning is what a business school professor would call it. Consultants might call it a value proposition, brand attributes, brand DNA, uh, brand associations, brand character. It all means the same fucking thing. And one of the things I do with my clients is I say, I don't care what you call it. Call it magic moonbeams, but you've got three brain cells in your target customer's head. What are the three things you want to drop into their head? But don't give me, as every client that's bad has, a brand personality, a brand purpose, brand character, a value proposition, brand flavor, tone of voice. They have these giant decks, and it becomes like throwing shit against a wall and nothing will stick. Tightness. You know, I've, I've done the brand positioning of many billion-dollar brands globally. I did Sephora with the team, for example, in France. We got it down to four things, yeah? If we can get a $10 billion company down to four things, you can do it with most brands. Four is a m much harder than 20. So a good position is pretty tight. Yeah? So if I've got my targets and my position and then a few clear objectives about either driving awareness or repeat purchase or consideration, I got myself a strategy. Yeah, we'll